Hi listeners, welcome back to Motivate, the Motivation and Inspiration Podcast. I'm your host, Dahi D, and today's guest is Tracy Ellis Ross talking about living her life for herself. Today's motivation is a reminder that we all go through different things and some people have different expectations from society. And sometimes you just have to discard those expectations and live life the way you want on your terms. Don't let anyone else's thoughts on what you should be doing take away from you achieving your goals. Focus on self-improvement, live life the way you want, and be happy. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hello, hello, hello. I'm going to start by saying I'm nervous. I have been writing this speech in between trying to live my life and do a job, and I care what I say, so bear with me. Um, And here we go. So... It is really interesting to be a woman and to get to 45 and to not be married yet and to not have kids, especially when you have just pushed out your fifth kid on television. (laughs) You start hearing crazy stuff like, oh, you know what, sweetie, you just haven't found the right guy yet, or what are you going to do, or oh, Mm, You poor thing. Why is someone like you still single? Have you ever thought of having kids? Or, you know what, why don't you just just have a kid on your own? It's never ending, okay? And it's not helpful. I grew up planning a wedding. My dress was going to be corseted with multiple uh, Victorian camisoles spilling off my shoulders, and I would change into a white, double-breasted suit with wide-leg trousers and a big cuff for the reception, and then I dreamed about being chosen by a powerful and sexy and kind man who had full lips and gave really good hugs and having a little baby, yeah, I was specific, Um, (laughs) and having a little baby boy by the name of Lauren. But I also dreamed of winning an Oscar, being on the cover of magazines and making a difference in the world and helping women find our voices. And from that dreaming, you guys, I've built a really incredible life and I have become a woman that I am very proud to be. And then someone just walks up to you and, you know, they're like, you know, a friend of mine adopted at 52. I mean, it is never too late for your life to have meaning, sweetie. And my worth just gets diminished as I'm reminded that I have failed on the marriage and the carriage counts. Me. This bold, liberated, independent woman. I mean, guys, I work out, okay? I eat well. I mostly show up to work on time. I'm a good friend, a solid daughter, a hard worker. My credit's good. I take out the garbage before it gets smelly. I recycle, and I want a Golden Globe. I mean, I'm killing it. So why? Why? Why do I get snagged this way? And as as, as if all that I've done and everything that who I am doesn't matter. And I look back and I think about all the ways that we're told that those two hashtag goals, being chosen and having kids, are what makes you worthy. I mean, nursery rhymes, fairy tales, books, movies, 16 Candles, every love song. And yeah, 16 Candles, that was a good one. Um, And even Blackish are reiterating this narrow story of husband plus child equals woman. And by the way, that doesn't discount anyone who has a husband and a child. It's this is my version of the narrow way that I am undermined. So let me, so, oh, and by the way, it's not just, you know, fairy tales and books. Um, the patriarchy, yeah. The patriarchy is not pleased with me right now. 
I am failing at my function. And let me tell you, Mike Pence, yeah, excuse my French, but he's fucking confused by me right now. <laughs> and frankly, I often get a little bit confused. Here's something that I've done way more times than I care to admit, trying to gather the courage to tell my ex, whom I love, by the way, that I want to date other people, even though we're no longer together <laughs> and we're broken up. Yeah. And during the last bout of doing just that, I did what enlightened ladies do, and I got out my journal, and I'm sitting there, and I'm free writing, and I'm making, maybe I'm having a conversation with my inner child, and I write down these words. My life is mine. My life is mine. Those words, like, stopped me in my tracks. And honestly, they brought tears to my eyes. It seems so obvious, but obviously it wasn't, because I have not been living my life as if it was my own. I mean, to a certain extent, yes. Yes, I have. But on a deep level, no. So if my life is actually mine, then I have to really live it for myself. I have to put myself first and not be looking for permission to do so. But when I put myself first, what comes back at me from very well-meaning people, men sometimes, social media, random ladies at the gym, Mike Pence, whomever, they tell me in all sorts of ways that I am being selfish, pushy, aggressive, controlling, relentless, stubborn, a slut, a nag, oh, and my favorite, a ball breaker. Because God forbid a few balls get broken. So when we put ourselves first by doing things like saying no, speaking up, sleeping with who we want, eating what our bodies intuitively tell us to eat, wearing training bras instead of push-up bras, posting a picture without using Facetune, so bold. <laughs> we are condemned for thinking for ourselves. It's funny. Because <laughs> it's like a crazy thought, like who the heck would do that? You got a smooth. Sorry. <laughs> or I like to tap. Tap. So it looks real. Just tap it. Sorry. Okay. Um, <laughs> we are condemned for thinking for ourselves, being ourselves, for owning our experiences, our bodies, and our lives. By the way, I purposefully have one earring on. This one was messing with the mic, but I really didn't want to lose the look. Okay. All right. That kind of boldness is seen as threatening and scary, and it's certainly not what the patriarchy had in mind. So join me for a moment and imagine, what would it be like for women to completely own our power? To have agency over our own glory, our sexuality, and not in order to create a product or to sell it, or to feel worthy of love, or to use it as a tool for safety but instead as a way of being. Imagine that, truly owning our own power, agency, and sexuality. Especially <laughs> in this moment, in all its volatility, with all that is happening as the pussy grab tree is being shaken and grabbers are dropping like rotten fruit. <laughs> At the same time, as all of that, all the volatility, there's this surge of empowerment happening. Black Lives Matter, Black Girl Magic, the Women's March, Me Too. I mean, Me Too. You too? 
I am trying to gather all this energy around me and step into it and match that with the realization that my life is mine. My I am a chooser 45-year-old life is mine. And it's no coincidence that these two forces are meeting at the same time, and here I am sorting out what my life looks like when it's fully mine. And honestly, it takes a certain kind of bravery. It means risking being misunderstood, perceived as alone and broken, having no one to focus on, fall into or hide behind, and having to be my own support and having to stretch and find family and love and connection outside of the traditional places. But that's something that I want to do. I want to be the brave me, the one whose life is my own. And that also means that I'm going to have to break an agreement that I didn't really officially agree to sign in the first place, a little document that was drawn up by a bunch of old white guys in a back room, the same group of white guys in that back room that passed laws about our reproductive health and choices without us being there. And that agreement says that we are here to be of service to others, that our destiny as women is to live in the shadow of men, that we are simply objects of desire, and that we are willing to have our voices stifled again and again by the misogyny of our culture. Well, listen here, whiteies. <laughs> I'm tearing it up. <laughs> it's going bye-bye! And I am drawing up a new one. And my terms are this, I am gonna own my experiences and my training bras. I'm gonna pay attention to the reality of my life and the audacity of my dreams instead of the expectation of what I was raised with. I'm gonna make space for the good and the bad of it, even the yucky and scary and fear-inducing parts and embrace all of the questions. I know that's how I'm gonna go from being Tracy to being the brave Tracy, and here's the good news, is that you too can do that. You can go from being you to just being the brave you, or not just being the brave you. And you should definitely try it, you guys. <laughs> like, if you haven't already, because I have a feeling, I mean, I see some gorgeous sparkles out there, like I see some amazing faces, I have a feeling you guys have tried this, because brave and brave you is beautiful. And not beautiful like your hair is all did and your brows are clean, because when I think of beautiful, I think of a tree. I think of a, seeing a bird soar. I think of an embodied woman. I think of my mom standing there in the Diana Ross stance, right? In her glory stance, saying, this is me, heart open, hair big, sexual, powerful, and full of all of her agency. Beings at the height of their own resonance, their own selfness, fully in, in bloom. That's what bravery and beauty looks like. But most of all, because the brave me reminds me that I am complete just as I am, not in relation to anything else, just wholly and fully me. The brave you gives you the courage to hold your own agency, your own choice, your own desire, your own longings, your own fear, and your own future. She's just one aspect of your soul that helps you become the fully embodied and completely integrated real, true self. And I think she's in each of you right now, in your journal, in the back of your mind, somewhere in your heart, in your Netflix queue, <laughs> waiting for your invitation. So I invite you all, if you haven't already, to let her out, to let her have her glory. This beautiful, powerful part of you is just waiting for the invitation. Thank you.